You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast, episode number 22, October 13th, 2020. This show is produced in partnership with Hospitality Technology and Restaurant Technology Network. Smarter hotels, smarter restaurants. Off-premise strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? Drive through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu, cooking up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with a tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Tech Chef. I am your host and your tech chef for today, Skip Kimple. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show, which, thanks to all of you, has become the main source of information of restaurant and hospitality technology information that is critical to what you do and how you do it. Today is a recap of the events that occurred at Restaurant Next. I have to say, this experience exceeded my expectations. I actually felt like I was at an event. This is unlike anything I have been part of in the COVID world. Mertech and the Restaurant Technology Network really went out of their way to make this a very special experience. This should be the standard for all other organizations trying to have a remote conference. There was a ton of content that was presented today, so let's get started. To start things off, Abby Lorden, Vice President and Publisher of Hospitality Technology, kick things off. As you spend the next two days with us, you'll find that Restaurant Next is an extremely unique experience. It's been developed to help you learn through a rich and immersive, visually stimulating and social format about how technology is truly empowering restaurants to reshape and reinvent themselves in response to today's challenges. And this has been a year of challenges like we've never seen before. But it's also been a year of incredible resilience, inspiration, and community. We may be physically separated, but in other ways, we've never been more connected through our common goal of rebuilding. And so let us begin that process now. Welcome to Restaurant Next, where we've created five unique restaurant environments that have been conceived of to visually represent how restaurants have already changed and will continue to evolve through the application of technology. As you explore these five environments, you'll see, for example, expanded and intelligent drive-throughs in the QSR room. You'll see a kitchen that's been tricked out with connected devices, robotics, and more. As the dining room reopens, come on and explore the full service environment with us to learn how technology, contactless technology is helping guests feel more comfortable. Join us in the Universal Solutions Room where we'll explore how technology is connecting restaurants across their four walls from the back office all the way to the curbside and beyond. And speaking of curbsides, check out how food lockers, among many other solutions, are empowering off-premises dining. You can access all of those five restaurant rooms through the great big display sign that's in our lobby or by clicking on the navigation at the bottom of your screen. Each room will feature a series of self-guided tours that you can listen to at your leisure throughout the show. In these tours, our narrators will explain what is taking place today, 
what some of the most innovative brands are doing and we'll offer a pretty cool and predictive look at what's next. And right out of the gate, we had Giancarlo Fioraranceo, the vice president of IT for the Howard Hughes Corporation. Such an iconic brand. It was interesting to hear how Giancarlo talked about changes that his company had to make, like all of us, during these days of COVID. He talked specifically about the challenges of running dining experiences in New York, more specifically, the Greens on top of Pier 17. He originally searched for a contactless solution from the guest side, and uh, you know he also wanted to make sure that the back-of-house functions were part of the solution as well. With the first partner that they picked, it was a complete disaster. And Giancarlo, thank you for being honest about that. Guests and staff were both frustrated, and they ended up partnering with Bebot, which ended up being an excellent partner. They got them up and running in under 72 hours, and it has been a great success for them. Since the launch of that, they've had a 5 to 10% increase in average check size due to this service enhancement. Guests really love the experience. Now that the guests are happy, it is a matter of figuring out how to solve for the winter season and outdoor dining in New York. Following Giancarlo's keynote, Abby Lorden came back to talk about the state of the industry, more specifically about the RTN and what the Restaurant Technology Network really means and how it's grown. Here's a little clip from what she said. For those of you who are not familiar with RTN, we are the industry's first membership community that's purpose-built to offer work groups for solving specific technology challenges and fostering collaboration among technology suppliers and restaurants. We celebrated one and a half years in existence just a couple weeks ago, having officially launched at Mertech 2019. At that time, we had the support of 19 charter member companies. Today, a year and a half later, RTN has more than 200 member companies in the community, including 140 restaurant brands, 67 suppliers, and a handful of affiliates. The industry has embraced the opportunity that the RTN network has created. It's truly the first time where collaboration is taking place among suppliers under the direction of the restaurant industry to solve specific challenges and to work towards industry standards. Their teamwork is absolutely unprecedented. We currently have six active work groups, each one hyper-focused on an industry initiative. Native delivery and contactless customer journey are two of our hottest work groups right now. Thank you members, truly thank you for everything you do to help drive the advancement of this industry. Here's a quick overview of some of their, their accomplishments in the first 18 months that RTN has been in existence. We recently released a buyer's guide and RFP best practices document for point of sale and it's chock full of tips, lists and guidance to help restaurants build the buy-in, vet possible solutions, and then make an ultimate selection. In the weeks immediately following the outbreak of the pandemic, many of our suppliers joined forces to offer, author an off-premises playbook, which is still very valuable to restaurants as they continue to optimize this aspect of their business. We've also created an interactive tool called the Fast Match, which helps restaurants find technology partners whose features match their criteria. And that tool currently is focused on contactless technology, but we will be expanding it to other technology areas in the future. For the first time since these various tools have launched, we're releasing these technical documents to those of you who have joined us here at the event at Restaurant Next. 
They've previously only been available to RTN members. You can find them all accessible in the RTN lounge here at the show. Also in the RTN lounge are a few great sessions that you can listen to on demand, including a panel discussion with several suppliers who have been at the heart of RTN's next major milestone, our open API initiative. System interoperability was truly one of the key foundational visions upon which we launched RTN. A work group has been hyper-focused on this initiative for the past year and has created a framework of eight principles for open APIs. We'll be working to release this framework in the coming months, and it has tremendous support from our Board of Governors, our Vendor Advisory Council, and truly our membership at large. I encourage you to check out that roundtable panel discussion on the progress of the Open API initiative in the RTN Lounge. It's fantastic. And then if you're not a member, we'd love to have you join the community. Please feel free to chat with me, my co-founder Angela Diffley, or any other member of the staff while you're here at the event. And I got to tell you, that is just a fraction of why I love the RTN and what they've been able to to do for me, you know, from a growth perspective, being able to connect with industry leaders from both a uh, operator side as well as a vendor side, where we all come together in a collaborative environment and really make a difference. And tomorrow I'm gonna be talking more about the open API infrastructure and the work group that we've created because it is really something special that is going to make a difference within the industry. The first panel that we had today was based on the subject of evergreen off-premise. COVID has taught us how important our off-premise strategy really is. Our panelists today took a deep dive into how each one of them adjusted to fit for today's situation. Tammy Duplantis, CIO from ROI Consulting, talked about how a restaurant can help avoid card-not-present transaction chargebacks, which is becoming an emerging issue, especially with some of the new contactless payment solutions out there. Unfortunately, because of this, there has been an increase in friendly fraud. She also talked about how you can implement additional features for online ordering to help reduce fraud like CVV code and AVS address verification. Dave Harris, CIO of Shake Shack, talked about how their new curbside initiative, as well as their new pickup window, has become so successful. Their Shack Track experience is an enhanced digital ordering experience that has really made a difference in their guest experience. Next year, they have drive through coming as well. It is a journey of continual improvement. I found it interesting when Tammy Duplantis was asked, what should a brand be doing right now to optimize your digital ordering? Here's what she said. I think it's uh, with digital being 30 plus percent of most restaurants revenue right now, I think it's really important to focus on elimination mm -hmm. of all of the, the risk factors to mitigate all of those. And uh, like Dave said, integration is huge. And in order for integration to work from the mobile phone in someone's hand, walking down the sidewalk outside your restaurant, mm -hmm. outside your Shake Shack, mm -hmm. uh, to, to actually placing that order and walking in and picking it up, there's just a lot of technology uh, threaded together between that. And I think uh, the networks are important. Uh, so, you know, we've been rolling out a, a standardized network with uh, 4G failover uh, and solid Wi-Fi so that tablets uh, are are always on and integration is always on uh, and making sure that um, one of the things I see restaurants doing is making sure that their menu is optimized as well. 
And so making sure that the items that are on the menu are the most profitable Mm -hmm. and easy for the kitchen to execute. uh, And also uh, they are uh, guest favorites. Destiny Rollins, Senior Director of Marketing for Twin Peaks, had some great insight about how to utilize technology to increase the guest experience. As she said, it is important to create consistency across the board with ordering, whether it be on-site or online. When the group was asked about brands to watch out for in the near future, Brinker getting into the wing business was top of the list. There's also Reef Kitchens, Chipotle, Bonchon. You know, basically these are companies that are really going out there and leveraging their fan base. The biggest takeaway for me today in this session was about integrations being the key to success in today's restaurant technology world. Now, at the end of this panel session, there was a live question and answer session. This is a really, really well thought out process on how to present and interact with the panelists. Once again, this was an extremely immersive experience. After that, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to be tough, but man, the content kept rolling in as we proceeded with a fire chat with Wade Allen, who is the senior vice president and head of innovation for Brinker International. He explained that during COVID, the parking lot really became the new dining room as that is where the customer was. They adapted their Presto system for curbside ordering and payment, and they repurposed their DoorDash tablets to additionally handle the mobile restaurant needs. Already having a powerful mobile platform, when asked what was next, Wade shed some insight. The other thing that I've been really excited about is we are relaunching a new digital platform in uh in the beginning of the year and it's really about focused on the flexibility for our key customer and, and if you know our key customer our target really is a, um, a, an old, a little bit older millennial mom and mm-hmm. her focus is on flexibility and she does not choose casual dining um, primarily because she's she's worried about hey I don't know when my kids are going to be done eating and want to leave and I'll need the option to pay and I can't get the team member or flag down the team member to be here yeah um, or I can't be guaranteed a table. So this new technology we're building will be right in the app, right part of the web experience, and it will allow her to make a selection. Do you want it delivered? Do you want it to have uh, curbside? Or do you want to actually pre-order it, eat it in the restaurant, and pay and go on your kind of timetable? So we're super excited about, about the next steps in the mobile web, or the web and, and, and mobility that we're bringing. He further went on to talk about how great of a partner DoorDash has been as they are exclusive with them. DoorDash had a huge focus on integration to make sure the partnership and the implementation was very smooth. Of course, Angela Diffley had to talk about the virtual brand world. I mean, this is information that we've all wanted to hear about. And he talked about how really the COVID world accelerated their plan. They had been looking at doing a virtual kitchen, but this was the time to make it happen. It was a wing concept, as we all know from the news. And on June 23rd, they launched 1,050 restaurant kitchens. Wow, how, I don't even know how that's possible. They used their Chili's and Maggiano's kitchens to accomplish this. It will be very interesting to watch their success in this arena. When asked for some parting advice for restaurants, here is what Wade had to share. Yeah, I, I, I think I would take the words, you know, you, we've all heard it that the world's changed and, we, and we, we, we must act differently. I think you have to take those to heart. Mm-hmm. Um, really take them to heart. It's not about doing the same thing slightly different. 
this is a revolution. You have to completely disrupt. And, and sometimes the things that you think are the most nutty th- ideas out there that would otherwise not have any, would have never played in a regular world, you need to reconsider those because they may actually win in the crazy world that we're currently living in. And that's what we've tried to do is just come up. Any idea is a good idea. Toss it up on the board. Be totally out of the box. Think differently. Think about different industries, airlines, grocery. Think about retail. Think about service industries. How are they doing and how are they winning? Um, and we're adopting some of those models to, to see if we can we can shift, shift things around and, and have permission to play differently. The next panel session was on native delivery rising. This was moderated by Angela Diffley, the co-founder of the RTN. Obviously, we discussed native delivery, which has multiple names to it. Some people call it direct delivery, first-party delivery, self-delivery, whatever you want to call it, this is a rising trend within the industry. The question is, do I use third-party, do I use my own drivers, or do I use some type of hybrid approach? There are so many details to take into consideration as you're evaluating which is the right solution for you. For instance, insurance. How do you pay your people? How do you control that experience? And do you have a direct relationship with the consumer? How important are these things ranked in your environment? All the panelists agreed, this is not easy to do, and you need to include multiple models within your company's strategy. At the end of the day, It's all about being where the guest wants you to be. I think one of the most important factors with native delivery is the importance of owning your customer and the quality of your brand and the guest experience. Now to help with some of these complex calculations that you need to do to figure out which is the best model for you, the Restaurant Technology Network put together a focus group specifically for this purpose and they created a TCO calculator total cost of ownership, where you entered the hard costs of the evaluation process. And basically what it's going to do is it's going to tell you which model, based upon how many deliveries you do per hour, how many drivers you need, et cetera. And it's going to give you the profitability range from third-party delivery, native delivery, and the hybrid delivery as a service. When asked about some of the details about native delivery, Matt Friedman, CEO of WingZone, said that 50% of his workforce are drivers. You need to build enough of a consumer database before it makes sense to do native delivery. They're basically waiters on wheels. You need a volume of direct delivery to maintain drivers as they are working on tips. Chris Demery, Senior Vice President of Off-Premise Dining for P.F. Chang's, emphasized that you should be able to pay for self-delivery through delivery charges and service charges. If somebody can do it cheaper, let them do it. Don't hire just delivery drivers in the beginning. Make them take out specialists until the delivery demand is there. Matt mentioned that the POS has to be able to handle native delivery and third-party delivery. He also talked about the new norm of drivers. They want to drive, and there is friction as to what their role is in the restaurant. Turnover of drivers is greater than the rest of the restaurant world, as it is a high turnover position. The goal is to train them quickly and to get them out on the road. They are in it to make money, and they are looking for lots of volume. Chris also mentioned that customers need to know you are delivering, or there's not going to be a delivery volume. You need to let every customer know that you deliver. Let them know about the quality of service, the loyalty program, any specials that you might do specifically for your online delivery platform. It's a sales job 
And for him, 2.5 to 3 deliveries per hour was the sweet spot. I had mentioned on the panel that in addition to making the driver's lives more profitable, efficiency of the route is extremely important as well. The last thing you want is a frustrated driver that cannot find the address or that your route has taken them down a wild goose chase. I also brought up the fact that when you sign on with third-party delivery, how much of your intellectual property did you give up? Well, maybe it's time to renegotiate your third-party delivery marketplace contracts. It reminds all of us to the hotel aggregators of years ago. They sold their souls to get business in, and it has come back to haunt them. What does the future really hold for delivery? Well, it was mentioned that food quality trumps everything. Give your guests transparency about the time to deliver rather than fail by missed delivery times. And last but not least, marketplace consolidations. Hopefully this is going to result in smaller fees for restaurants. In the afternoon, there was a great fire chat with Justin Falciola, Chief Insights Officer and Technology Officer of Papa John's International. Their recent growth has fueled the need for 30,000 new employees. With this growth, he was asked, what do you think about this from a technology perspective? His answer was understand and evolve your architecture and process flows. Quite amazingly, with third-party delivery aggregators, they are doing north of 70% of their business coming through the digital channels. With all of this information coming in, he stressed it is important to invest in data management tools and start to learn your customer behavior. How do you identify a customer? How do you link all of their transactional data appropriately? Let's hear what Justin said. It's all the kind of algorithms behind how do you identify a customer? How do you link all their transactional history appropriately? There's a lot of data quality, um, kind of in data massaging that, that goes in under the hood to say, okay, you know, that, that rec- you know, we, we can or we can't attribute that record or that marketing uh, channel interaction to this person. Yeah. Because ultimately, like, everything starts with that, that ID, that identification of, you know, who you are, and then you link your menu analysis to it. Then you link your payment analysis to it. Then you link your, um, your, your channel interaction analysis to it. Then you link personalization to it. And that's when it gets really exciting. He also talked about the importance of testing your technology before sending it out into the field. You do not want to frustrate your team members and your guests. He had some very interesting comments at the end of his section when he was asked, how does a restaurant use new technology tools to fulfill your mission? Here's what he said. So many buzzwords, Um, you know, so, you know, artificial intelligence, big data. um, It's really how do we use those things to to fulfill our mission? You know, and if if I could leave you just one example for Papa John's uh, and really, I think a lot of pizza companies. Um, there's still an awful lot of people who pick the phone to, to order pizza. It doesn't yeah. mean it's a dominant mode of interaction, but still a lot of folks who do that. So, you know, first it's like, okay, you know, who are those type of people? Mm-hmm. Why are they doing it? And you de- decompose it. And then you say, okay, what's the best way to serve them? You know, and for us, initially, um, we thought, you know, perhaps artificial intelligence is the first thing, you know, that, that we should do. Um, but when we step back and we look at all the different reasons why a customer might be calling us, one of those reasons might really be to actually speak to a human, you know, to actually speak to a person. 
So it doesn't mean that AI won't have a, a, a place for us um, in that channel or another channel, but what it does mean is that uh, we've been and will continue to be very, very careful and very intentional in terms of how we use technology, uh, including artificial intelligence, um, sort of in a fit for purpose way, yeah. um, given in a given human interaction. The last panel of the day was titled, Analyze This, Real Worlds, Data Does Double Duty. Well, what the heck does that mean? Well, it's about all the data that can be leveraged to enhance customer service, loyalty, and revenue. Here is what Tanvir Bangu, VP of Technology of Freshy, talked about in regards to your data. So many brands just love the data, but they get so bogged down in data what are you really using it for? So first thing is always have an objective, increasing check size, increasing traffic, increasing profitability. Whatever it is, you need to understand the objective, then get the data. Number two is something that I think is even more important is you have to hyper-segment and personalize your, your marketing campaigns based on the data that you're collecting. So for example, one macro strategy does not work anymore because you have consumers that fit different demographics, different geographic areas, different behaviors. So if you want to, let's say, increase your check size in Toronto, that strategy is different than increasing it in Calgary, for example, because economics are different. So number one, find the objective, collect the data. Number two, personalize your campaigns to drive different types of behaviors from the customers. Terry Menkin, Principal Consultant at Return on Information, talked about the importance of having clear business objectives to ensure that you're collecting the right data. Ideally, you need a data warehouse from all of your different data sources and layer on on top of that a data analytics package. When asked about if there were any POS systems out there that could accomplish this, she mentioned it would be very hard for a POS to have built-in or bolt-on analytics packages that would encompass all of your data analytics needs. Joel Davis, Chief Strategy Officer for Revenue Management Solutions, talked about how some of these complex systems for customizations are really only in play by the large restaurant chains out there. However, the day is coming when smaller companies will be able to take advantage of these features in the future. With all this data, he mentioned that you really need somebody internally or externally to be able to tell the story of your data and make sense of it. And also, don't wait for that perfect data set to be put together. Start with what you have and progress as time passes. Some other key takeaways I had was personalizing your strategy and make sure that your guest is feeling that as well. Make sure you are making data-driven decisions and striking the balance between knowing your guests' likes and their dislikes versus stalking your guests. was a wrap for today and I've got to tell you there was so much on-demand content available that I have not even scratched the surface as to what's available. The good news is they announced that this content will be available on demand for the next 30 days so I look forward to digging in deep on some of these items especially the self-guided restaurant tours. Tomorrow tune in for a recap on day two as I attend all the great sessions and dig a little deeper on other self-paced content. Taking a quick look at the agenda, I am looking forward to the keynote with White Castle and also other sessions on loyalty, ghost kitchens, 
a deep dive into analytics, and the contactless customer journey. A big shout out to the RTN for putting this immersive event together. I am not kidding you when I tell you I felt like I was really at the conference today. The only difference is that I miss all of you and the networking opportunities that we have together. That will have to wait, but in the meantime, this is the best it could possibly be. As a matter of fact, if we were all in person right now at an event, we would be getting ready for our nightly vendor dinners and happy hour receptions. I tell you what, when we finally get back together, it's going to be one big celebration. Well, that's it for today. So until we speak again tomorrow, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends.